Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Couch listeners, this is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Thank you guys, as always, for continuing to support and to listen every single week. Um, for those of you who haven't already, but if you're listening to this right now, I think that you probably have. Make sure that you have subscribed through Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Um, and also follow and engage with us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And then we have a pretty cool website where you can get all of this information, whether it's social media, the blog, the podcast, or just ways to get in touch with us about mental health services at our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. So thanks for tuning in every week. So we are back. We are on episode 17. So crazy. Um... I think starting this, what, two months, a little over two months ago now, well, no, four months ago now, um, as we go into August, and this will actually air in August, um, being able to think about starting something to have open conversations around mental health, but also how it intersects with just all the different parts of our lives. And so I'm super, super excited that for episode 17, I get to have one of my favorite people, like literally, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but one of my favorite folks to get to come and really talk about um, kind of bridging the gap. You know, we talk about a lot of episodes, we talked on a lot of episodes about bridging the gap between different topics, but I think this one is one it comes up, but we don't really flush out a lot of ideas around it because a lot of times folks in mental health and the medical field, which we're going to talk a little bit about, don't collaborate. Um, and we're going to talk about why that is or why we think that might be. And then also what can we do to fix it? So today's topic is just around bridging the gap between mental health um, services and clinical sort of medical services in those communities and how can we bring those together. So it's a new month. August is here. Um, I'm super, super excited about this guest because she's my favorite Baton Rouge nurse. I don't know if you have a favorite nurse, but I mean, if you don't, you should find one because it's pretty awesome to have a favorite nurse. Um, So I want to welcome to the Emerald Couch, and she's actually sitting here with me on the Emerald Couch, only the second guest to get to do so. Um, is Mrs. Nicole Scott. Nicole, how hey. are you? I'm so excited to be on your couch. I'm so excited it's for really you to pretty. be on the couch. I know, for people who like don't like, even so know, I like to describe it. Um, it's so soft. Yeah, so the fact that you are here, one, for us to get to talk about this, I'm excited about, but then 
also just being able to highlight a topic that I know because you and I talk is important to you personally around mental health. And so not only for our listeners to just kind of get some insight based on what you do as a nurse, but just being able to, again, erase the stigma um, for everyday people. And so that's the goal. So I'll tell you guys a little bit about Nicole, but then I want her to really tell you more about herself. Um, So she's a community health nurse and the founder of Nicole Scott, Inc., Um, And so for those of you who are in the Baton Rouge area, you probably know her from um, being the founder of Yoga Noir, which is like amazing and taking over everywhere. And so if you haven't heard of it, you need to right now get on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, find it. Um, And then also another project and initiative that I'm really excited about that we've talked about. We still have to like brand and flush out but the are you okay initiative that's also coming your way baton rouge folks that are listening so just be on the lookout for that but also make sure that if you haven't check out what she already has going on and then like i mentioned in the beginning she is just a huge mental health awareness advocate and um that's really probably how we connected in the first place um and now she can't get rid of me so (laughs) So she's stuck with me now. (laughs) So Nicole, tell the Emerald Couch listeners just about yourself. Um, How did you even get into the field of nursing, and just you know what what do you love about doing what you get to do? So I'll I'll start how I got into the field of nursing. I actually started out as biology um, major. (laughs) Oh, right. All right. So you know, I sometimes you get out of high school students. They get out of high school, they go to college, and then they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. That was me. I had really bad advisors. So mm-hmm. y'all yes. get you a good advisor. So <laughs> I, I get to college and I'm trying out like, where do I fit? Where do I get into things? And I was almost done with my biology uh, degree, mm-hmm. and I was right at the end. And the advisor says, you know, what do you want to do with it? And I'm like, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like you have to do something with it. What do you want? Forensics, right. micro, like what? And I was like, oh. Uh, I didn't know I had to pick something Mm -hmm. and so um, I froze of course then I realized I like people and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be behind a microscope or in a closet all day Mm -hmm. I don't know about you so please if I'm offending someone I don't know but that's my idea of what it was and so um, my actually my my brother-in-law was like you should try nursing and I was like okay it it was so you know not like it just fell into your lap sort of thing right Mm -hmm. so I applied and that was one of the best things I'd ever done I was really excited I got to help people that's where I wanted to be I still Mm -hmm. got the science aspect of it Mm -hmm. right you didn't go to school in Maine (laughs) no like all of it I got to take all of that biology you know and everything with me anatomy Mm -hmm. and physiology and all I think all the things I've learned I got Mm -hmm. to take it with me so Mm -hmm. I was cool um while I was in uh, nursing school um we have a block uh, called, you know, psych. We learn about psychology, mm-hmm. mental health nursing, um, which is still, I think, even now, not as in-depth as it probably needs to be for the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a student, I was like, I know what I'm not going to be, and that's going to be a psych. I'm not going to be a psych nurse. Not I'm not taking that. care. I said, I'm not doing mental health nursing. I was just like, so against it. So it was so funny, because that semester, I, we took a test, and... Um, my teacher calls me up to the office and, and I thought I was in trouble or something and mm-hmm. she goes, Nicole have you ever thought of being a mental health nurse? I was like, yeah, and I'm not going to do that right? <laughs> she was like, yes, I've thought about it I'm not going <laughs> to not gonna. and so um, she goes, well I wanted to talk to you because you got 100 on this test and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you got 100 on this test and I was like, well I'm still not interested the thing about the test was um, to me it felt like common sense it was mm-hmm. therapeutic 
um, communication. Mm-hmm. Sounded like stuff you, you do every day. You're supposed you're to tell supposed people, to don't yeah. say this stuff, say that stuff. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I get 100 on the test and I'm, you know, open on, I'm not going to be a mental health nurse. And I get out to, you know, graduate and go on to nursing and realize everybody is a mental health patient, even if they don't have mm. a diagnosis. That's very true. Yeah. And that's how I got more into like, oh, wait a minute, you know, they teach us about diagnoses and they teach mm-hmm. us about like actual, you know, was it DSM? Yeah. 10? Yeah. And like they, they teach us that, but they don't teach us that, you know, you don't have to have a diagnosis to have a mental health mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's getting their leg amputated. Well, yeah, you know, that's a crazy depression. Like, like all yeah. of these things that come along with yeah. that that you have to address. You can't just only address, you know, yeah. that one thing. part of it. Mm-hmm. A holistic mm-hmm. approach to things. Yeah, what yeah. an amazing story, though, because like you said, just so starting out as a bio <laughs> major, and you're just like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this afterwards? Yeah, like, exactly. All right, get yourself a good advisor. I'm thinking nothing outside of this. <laughs> if you all learn nothing else, please get an advisor from Nurse Nikki. Please know that you're. Advisor matter. All advisors matter. All advisors matter. <laughs> High school and college. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited for us to get to talk about that. I mean, you hit it right on the head to be able to think about the overlap of mental health and sort of the medical field and just what we see because a lot of people tend to separate them. Right. And I don't know if that's, you know, some of it is based around like stigma and like kind of turf wars, right? So you mm-hmm. have like. Um, those who are in like more of the hospital and maybe ancillary like services to say like well this is our area like we can handle the physical part of it and like you all are mental health so you handle that and um, a lot of times though like you said every single patient who might be there for a physical concern there is some mental health component that comes across particularly somebody who's not particularly healthy yes Um, and that's something we can't ignore so just thinking about this divide, which hopefully after our conversation, people will feel like there's less of one. Yes. Um, you know, there's, like we just talked about, there's an irony in sort of like bridging a gap between mental and sort of medical services or medical communities. Because in my opinion, I think mental health is a medical concern. Same. Um, and it's just weird because like I'll get referrals and so I there are people who get that who who I think agree with us who I'll get referrals people will come and they'll say like you know my doctor noticed I had these specific symptoms and while they may give me a prescription um they also really think I could benefit from therapy and it's like refreshing right (laughs) I feel the same it's like oh this is so great yeah exactly and so that's like ideal, right? That I would love for it to be like that every time. The opposite that I get is sort of those folks that maybe after getting that prescription and therapy not being sort of referred or recommended um, after a year or so, then they somehow just wander because maybe a friend was like, maybe you should see somebody. Yes. Um, and not saying that like more damage is done in that window of time, but that they could have maybe made more progress by having both, you know, medication, if that's really what's necessary, because there is a physical component to most diagnoses as well, right. but then having the therapy piece. So um, just being able to know that, like, you know, we know that they kind of have to go hand in hand. And right. so I guess the bigger question is like, why can't we just all get along? And like, <laughs> so, you know, um, the medical community is 
has a, and not just for um, psychological mm-hmm. medications, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for all of medications, we are have been really bad about, and I say we as a global medical community, has been really bad about over-prescribing mm-hmm. medications for whatever, right? Mm-hmm. For pain or if it's, an, you know, it's a cold and we're giving antibiotics for the wrong things. Like, yeah. just we're really bad at over-prescribing because, um, unfortunately, the the client or the patient feels as though you're not doing anything for them if you don't prescribe them something. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the community works, right? Yeah. So if they send you away and they say, hey, you should go try yoga, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, I came to the doctor. Yeah. You're like, where's my prescription? Yeah, yeah. Give me some medicine. <laughs> so that's like, you know, what they expect out mm-hmm. of the doctor. And so that's kind of like what precipitates mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, medication, and I'm going to put that across all fields, if, unless you take care of the underlying issue, medication tends to be a band-aid, yeah, you know, yeah, and at some temporary. point, so for, for, for mental health situations, um, I find that, um, we have, we tend to have bad coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, smoking being one of them, mm-hmm. um, drinking will be one of them, um, more seriously hurting yourself, right? right, those kind of things, right, um, and so then they give you a medication, they're like, here, take this, so you'll stop doing that, mm-hmm. But unless you fix whatever was causing you to do the bad coping mechanism, you're never gonna yeah fix the problem. You so if you stop the issue, so you stop taking your medicine, like oh I'm better, I'm gonna stop taking this. Those things come back. They come back. Yeah, right. You haven't so, resolved the issue. Thank yeah. you. So now you need someone to help you resolve the issue and mm-hmm. give you better coping mechanisms, and that's where you go sit on somebody's and roll couch. Like yeah. you don't like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you have to fix that problem too. Yeah. Um. You can't like choose. Right, you know. so that's why I think they definitely have to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever the case may be, um, I have, like, um, I had patients that have um, issues with overeating, some of them, okay? So their blood pressure is really high. Mm-hmm. And say, for instance, all right, so your blood pressure is high and you come in and your BMI is off the scale. And for those who don't know, you know, that's your yeah. your height to weight ratio. Yeah. All right, and so they're overweight. And so then um, you say, well, what's going on? Well, I'm an emotional eater, and I eat a lot when I'm depressed. Well, what makes you depressed? Well, I'm overweight, and that makes me depressed. Well, now you're in a cycle, right? Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you just cycle through. Right, and then you have to go all the way back to, okay, well, what made you start eating as Mm -hmm. an emotional eater or in the first place, right? right. Because I can never fix your blood pressure if we can't get your weight down. Mm -hmm. But that's not my place right. to figure out what's going on with you and what happened to you or whatever yeah. trauma that is. That's yours, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, we have to mm-hmm. kind of think more in lines of how can we make those two things work connect together, yeah, and make it more normal for yeah. us to say to someone, and, and that helps with the stigma too. Mm-hmm. I think you need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. about this, yeah, you know, whatever it is, because they don't have to tell me. They can right. if they want to, yeah, absolutely. But I would rather give you to somebody that's qualified to mm-hmm. dig through those things and give you the coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that you need. One, well, oftentimes, and I think you bring up a good point that, like, a lot of times. Um, so we know sort of the negative cycle that can then start, but the, it works in the opposite direction too. Once that person does decide to maybe go see somebody mm-hmm. or um, take up yoga or find sort of their, their self-care routine to just better themselves in that way, then we see this like positive correlation between yes. like taking care of yourself mentally somehow, you know, manifest in to... you physically. Right. And, and, you know, and, and we could talk all day about the ways to do that, whether it is things like meditation, yoga, seeing a nutritionist, Go um, going for a walk, right, right, getting some fresh air outside, like <laughs> yes. listening to music. Like it's, it's super simple, but like you said, a lot of times 
um, people get sort of caught up in the downward spiral of like the perfect example like you gave where they see the symptom as also the cause and it's just like I don't know how I got here right versus being able yeah let's let's go all the way back right um and sort of you know do that and tease that out to the point where then I think people are like huh that's where that is what that started with so how do I then stop the thoughts about that that then cause me to continue in this maybe negative behavior right I think that's perfect so when you hear all of that and you see that we have these concerns for, you know, this with this divide between these communities, what are some of your thoughts on like, and we've, you've already kind of started, but like, what are some of your ways to sort of bridge that gap? What do you think we can do better on both sides, the medical community side, but also the mental health community? Well, so I believe it's so cliche and, and silly, so I'm sorry, but I totally believe in the power of one, right? So I'm a nurse, mm-hmm. I'm, you know. I have a master's degree in nursing. Um, I happen to be a nurse that doesn't think that we should prescribe medication for every last thing. Mm-hmm. I believe in more holistic, um, and I know that's not even that's not even a recognized thing here. Did you? Yeah, know? in some places, yeah. Yeah, like, you should go to California. They accept. I'm like, well, we need it here. So yeah, like, we, we need it made, everywhere. Yeah, going to California made, doesn't fix this person's problem. Yeah, right here. So, um, but no. So I think that. Um, um, disseminating the information once you get the information and you know that this is working um being able to i'm such a nerd but like doing the research behind it to figure out you know what it is that um we can do to include holistic type care you know into our medical practice Mm -hmm. um you know that's something that there's so much room for opportunity there Mm -hmm. and one of the yeah one of the things that we or I'll say we, but whoever's on here with me, usually I like to talk about is the fact that there's not sort of this like one size fits all method to it. Mm -hmm. And so trying things like holistic wellness approaches, alternative forms of medicine, alternative forms of mental health, um, allow people to find what works for them. um, But they have to feel like the trusted medical professionals that they have are going to like, okay, it or, or sort of like, push yeah. them towards it even I know that might be asking for a lot but at least to say yeah, you it's know, okay to say, yeah if you, you open your mouth to say like you know you should try this you know and, and they see a nurse doing that and mm-hmm. putting it into practice and it's working um I, I hate to say that but I mean for some people that might be like yep. okay well she's a nurse and she's doing this she's so saying so maybe I could you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it helps one person right then why not <laughs> right Well, and so the other big thing that I always like to think about for our listeners is, you know, particularly around communities of color. Mm -hmm. Um, We already know that mental health is stigmatized so much. It's getting better. I always like to have the bright spot that, like, I do think it's getting better. I think, yeah, there's still a lot of ways to go. Um, And some of that, you know, and we've talked about this probably before on the show, but just different disparities and it even being available and like all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, we could talk about that for a whole other episode, yeah. but we won't. Um, <laughs> but when you, do you even see that more so in your work as a nurse? Like if you were to make recommendations to somebody around seeking mental health services, do you see within communities of color, you know, more fear, apprehension, or just a lack of their ability to be able to maybe see the usefulness of it and probably on in some medical approaches as well I could imagine like you trying to recommend something oh, yeah. um, 
I could totally see that not, you know, not always going well. Just even with medical, you know, and, and some of our, I, I guess they're the baby boomer generation, I guess that's what they're called, you know, our parents and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe uncles and aunts, those yep, people, that era, they, yeah. they don't go to the doctor because they are trying to kill them, you hear me, like, mm-hmm. they, yes, and they weren't sick, oh, yeah. by the way, till they got to the hospital, <laughs> I mean, I never could figure out, like, how, why did you wander in here then? If yeah, you, you how know, did you end up here? Yeah, so that, that's always the case. That's hilarious. It's so strange. So, like, um, but, like, when we have issues, especially with um, um, approaching that topic, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed that you're, you're not opening the, the blinds today, you're, you know, and you're not eating anything. I'm bringing you trays, and you're not eating, and, you know, no one's coming to visit you, mm-hmm. and I see so you haven't, you know, really been talking you know most of today or the tv's not what's going on yeah what's happening um and would you like to talk with someone um the answer on um from people my patients Mm -hmm. of color Mm -hmm. is typically no Mm -hmm. they don't want to talk to anybody um sometimes and i know that we tend to be more um as a collective community more of i just go to church right yeah and i'll even ask that too would you like to Mm -hmm. talk with you would you like me to call your pastor because i just want you to talk to somebody Somebody, right right, if that's who you're gonna trust right yeah is there anybody at the church that i can contact to come visit you like anything yeah um and a lot of it is i can do it myself Mm -hmm. i can take care of it myself um they don't want to admit that they need something yeah and um and that's even just what medical some of the older patients and i know they're hurting and they'll Mm -hmm. like i don't want any pain medicine it's just something about that whole strong black Mm -hmm. um i call it a complex Mm -hmm. almost that we Mm -hmm. have that you have to be stronger than whatever it is that's going on yeah they won't allow for that you know, quote unquote weakness mm-hmm. um, to slip in, mm-hmm. and it's a sign of weakness if you need to go talk you to somebody. Have to talk. Yeah, and especially it's if it's absolutely out. a sign of weakness, right? But I try to tell them it's almost like you're in the middle. It's like, say, for instance, you're in a pool, right, and you're treading water, but eventually you get tired, right? Mm-hmm. So your head's above water. It's above water. It's above right. water. Like, hmm. So while it's above water, um, you should ask for help because once you go underwater, guess what? There's you nothing can, you, can you can do. You can't do anything. <laughs> there. You're underwater. Now. You're under. Right? Yeah. So you have to ask while you're up there, while you're strong enough to ask. And so mm-hmm. the point is, is that you have to be strong enough to ask. To it's ask not a it. weakness. Yeah. You're weak once you went under. Yeah. That's why you're still up there. Just, yeah. You still are there. Yo, throw me a lifeline. <laughs> hey, I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, Which would know. totally be me in the pool. Right. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotta go swimming. You gotta go swimming yeah. every now and then. So as you start to think about... Um, you know, you and you hit, I think, a great point, particularly around like sort of generational differences. So like we do feel like we see now with like, you know, our age group, millennials and mm-hmm. then centennials, which is the folks they're scary us. to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're coming along, um, you know, and so they there is an openness um, or more of an openness, I'll say, to mental health, mm-hmm. even if it is some of like we talked about alternative ways of like presenting it. Um, but we also know they have a huge influence of like social media, television, yeah. pop culture, mm-hmm. um, which can sometimes like for those of us in this field, like it can benefit. Right. Because then they're not as like oblivious to what it is. But at the same time, all of those mediums I just named have a lot of like uh-huh. misconceptions and poor representations Yes. Um, you know, even though sometimes I like watching those crazy like marriage boot camp or whatever and there's these like psychologists or therapists uh-huh. on them. Uh-huh. It's 
humorous because I'm somebody who knows the difference. But for someone who like we just talked about, all of those folks who are That's like, like me watching Grey's Anatomy, and I'm like, no, you're like this is so inaccurate, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there, and I'm always like head tilted to the side, like what is happening right. here? Um, but yet I also recognize like for some people because they think reality TV is real, like they're like, oh, this is what therapy's like, or this oh. is what. My experience is like, do you feel like um, that's a concern, particularly whether it's generationally or not, maybe? I, you know what? Generationally, only because um, the younger generation is more into social media. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, you know, some people are my age and older or will avoid it like the plague. Mm-hmm. And then you have the young people who can't like, live they, without yeah, it. Yeah, right? they don't know a role so, without it. Um, but, so in that aspect, I do think it's a problem for them because um, anything that they see that's going to be... Um, the way they perceive the real world to be mm-hmm. is dangerous if it's not uh, accurate. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So for that purpose, yes, that's yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, but I think to um, oh my goodness, I like totally lost my train. No, that's okay. It happens to me all the time, every week. They just don't get to know because I edit it out. <laughs> wait, wait, where are we? We're talking about just the influence. Do you believe there's an influence yes. based on social media? So I do believe there's a, an influence based on, on social media for mm-hmm. that reason mm-hmm. because you know they use it a lot and so then they and a lot of inaccurate things get put onto social media. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and also the representation thing that you alluded to—that's yeah, where I was going with that's that. True. So you know they'll scroll through, scroll through, scroll through, and see you know not a lot of us doing things that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, on yeah. social media, we should not be doing. Yeah, and I'm just gonna leave that there, right? Yeah. So you know, and they see that, they think it's cool. They mm-hmm. want to try that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's there's always that. Yeah, it's always gonna be there because social media is not going anywhere. And so I, what I love about your point is that we do need more um, sort of counter messages to what we see, just yes. so that um, they know that what they see in that immediate form may not be the most ideal for them. So kind of going back to that one size fits all thing, but also mm-hmm. realizing that like, yeah, representation does matter. And so even though you might see your favorite like pop star going to therapy on this reality show to also recognize that like your experience may not be their experience or um, the type of therapy that they're doing they is not your type. That therapy is a closed door situation Mm -hmm. so because we get to be in that intimate situation with somebody on tv and whether it's actually real or not we don't know but um it's a closed door situation right so honestly anybody's situation behind that door could be different than the person next door but their closed door situation so they shouldn't take that that for you know yeah you know just a little grain of salt because you really don't know Mm -hmm. um and i think um too some and I won't mention any names of our TV, you know, um, social like, workers and mm-hmm. counselors aren't legitimate, and so some That's of facts. the okay, <laughs> so some of the tactics that they might be using um, aren't the most therapeutic, and mm-hmm. then they see that and it's terrifying, and then of course they're not going to want to try counseling yeah. because. Uh, yeah, it's they scary. yell at them or they've made them like tell all their or they're screaming and crying and throwing stuff in the corner. And mm-hmm. I have not had that experience. No, and, yeah, and that's never happened to me as a therapist. Like, there for go. me to do that right. with someone, yeah, it's there. it's scary for me to watch because I'm like, what if I know? ever came across as that, like, I would hope no one like would come back to see me, but yet this person, because of because it's it becomes entertainment. 
and it shouldn't be because like you said it's such an intimate experience that you sort of take away that intimacy when it becomes like a spectacle mm-hmm. and that's basically kind of what it is yeah but I mean you get a TV show for it people can watch it from their home it's yes. easier than like going to an office it's like okay I'm just gonna watch this and this topic I've had that happen in my childhood let me just watch and see how they handle this Let's, yeah. and, I'm and it's usually that. tragic of course it's all bad because why <laughs> now it's entertainment so it has to be tragic right, right? it has to be the most tragic yeah. form like if you, of... if you filmed our couch situations with me and my counselor you'd be so bored yeah that it's just like, you, like it's everyday right I think people don't realize that and I tell that to clients during their first session I'm like I don't want you to feel that you have to come in here with like a script of like how awful life is I actually because I need that is to hear sometimes that life is okay and if it is then let's talk about why so yeah. that we can keep that going keep that going yeah because at some point <laughs> it's like that. yeah like let's do that um and so it's because at some point it's like it's my job to put myself sort of out of a job in a permanent way like obviously you can always come back and like check in nurses too nurses as oh well like, oh yeah I like, never want to see you here again <laughs> yeah please don't come back don't come back I'll see you at Walmart or something you know right exactly in the produce aisle. exactly <laughs> like getting something healthy and living your best life and it's the same thing and I think again those social media and TV and sort of the entertainment world has made it seem like it becomes almost like a crutch because it becomes entertaining and so you just want to watch to see how much more tragic can this person's life become yeah. before maybe they have a turnaround and now you have this like amazing story mm-hmm. but then that person somehow probably vanishes and we don't really even get to hear from them they don't become next. advocates mm-hmm. for mental health did they, they just like up? yep exactly like, like did they get did home they... to their hometown and keep seeing a therapist did they go back to their old coping man? yeah <laughs> we, <don't, laughs> we have no idea yeah. um and so then you know maybe we, we young... think too deep <laughs> I know I think it's because <laughs> of what we do but it's like <laughs> then people go I know that's I'm like I'm never gonna be able to watch this stuff but Your friends don't want to watch TV with you. Yeah, because it's like, you're like, so you're just going to tell us the whole thing of how this is going to go? I'm like, yeah, yeah. maybe. This is, this is how it feels. So being mm-hmm. able to think about those, you know, yeah, we're kind of talking about a certain age group, but just in general, because there are people, like, who rely on social, like, media, social media as their news and information sources. Yeah. Um, and so then the hope is, obviously, because... I want us to shift a little bit is like okay we've talked about from a client perspective why they shouldn't be afraid what should they think about as far as conceptualizing like the connection between their medical care and their mental health care but what can we do what sort of accountability do we need to have as clinicians both you know from the medical community and the mental health community to continue to help erase that stigma what do we need to do together like to be able to help clients and patients see that those two do go hand in hand what are some of your thoughts and like obviously some of the things you already do um through nikki scott inc is like exactly that but tell me what are your thoughts about how do we how do we bridge that gap then in our community um we have to be visible Mm -hmm. we have to be visible um and I say fortunately and unfortunately, social media is kind of that way mm-hmm. to be visible for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But just actually getting out and, um, you know, actual... Being present. Yeah, in yeah. the community with the people. Yeah. Um, and ha- opening those conversations and being able to discuss with them and giving them the chance to talk to somebody mm-hmm. face-to-face and mm-hmm. say, you know, I would like to... 
possibly talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, and then being that trusted person that they yeah. can actually say it to and know that I'm not going to go and tell anybody anything. You know, mm-hmm. I will give you the resources that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to be the person that if they feel like they need to say something, mm-hmm. they know they can say something to me. Right. And it happens. Right, right, right. Oh, People yeah. DM me like all the time. Of course. And they're like, do you know of somebody or mm-hmm. do you, can you help me find someone? And of course I, I can't do like direct referrals or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. but I'm like, here's a list. Cause that is easy enough. Right. Yeah. And you get to pick and you get here's to your, choose, go check them out, go do your research, do your research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you know, you have like, Oh, um, what should I be looking for? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously you want somebody that you number one feel comfortable yep, with, and you, can you know. Trust. So right yeah. that you can trust and you feel comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, and has the medium that you can use because now you know they they have like the text counseling, which I don't know how I feel completely about that. I'm not but a huge like, fan, but the um, but <laughs> like even my counselor and I know we're going to get to that, but mm-hmm. we um, we will teleconference sometimes mm-hmm. because I can't because traffic. Cause just, cause, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't make it from my office to you yeah. like, in time in a time to get there. Right, but and I you have a schedule, you. but we could definitely video conference. Mm-hmm. And so we video, which actually has worked out yeah. really good. So yeah. um, being still able to see her face and right. everything like and that. And hear her voice and like, yeah, I yeah. agree. So I definitely love what you mentioned about the visibility piece for sure, because I think we get really wrapped up in like, oh, I'm helping people. But you really, I know for me, like I'm helping the people who end up making it through that list of referrals that you send, doing their research, discovering me, calling me or emailing, whatever. And, you know, we, we get scheduled. That's a process. Right. And so if I'm not in some ways approachable, so like, right, the irony of what we just talked about with social media, if I wasn't maybe available through a website or through social right. media to be discovered that person may or may not end up here right and so being able to um be uh visible enough where people can feel like you're a real enough person um, I've had people say that it's so odd they're like mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure you were a real person. person i've had that too and i'm like okay you know, and I, I can feel <laughs> you that. can get it. In yeah. a world that's so virtual now. Yeah, really you just do. don't know. You really don't know. Are you one person? Are you like a group of people mm-hmm. claiming to be able to provide the service? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah, it makes yeah. so much sense. You know, on that side of it, and I think oftentimes in both fields, you know, we we know what we do. We know the work that we put in. We know the care and concern that we have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can forget that, like, you know, when we don't we don't get to be the patient as often Mm -hmm. um like that that process is scary and that you know there needs to be an accountability a lot of times on our part as the clinician so you know i get on folks all the time about not calling people back when somebody calls i'm like even if your schedule is full like always call back um you know i always call back and say hey i don't have like you on your message you said you really want to see somebody this week it's going to be about two weeks before I can have an opening. But, and I'm also going to call back with a solution yes. because mental health is that critical to me. And I think in most people's world, um, if they're calling, then they they need some support. Just getting up to the point where you're going to make a call. And I'm going to tell you this because, um, I don't know, are we fast forwarding now to this mm-hmm, part? You're okay. fine. Go ahead. So, <laughs> I have a counselor. I have a counselor. Right? Yeah, I was like, this is perfect. Okay, so um, when I first... Um, I probably needed a counselor a long time ago, but this is how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Like most of the times, you probably know you need to talk to somebody, but you don't get to the point yeah. where you actually you have talk to, to work somebody. yourself up you work to your it. way to that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was 
um, I was already overwhelmed to doing a lot of things and way too much stuff. Mm-hmm. But then my house flooded. Mm-hmm. When my house flooded, I was like, uh, you know, I yeah. all the things that I should have been doing um, or could have been doing, I had to go to the wayside, and that's a loss of complete loss of control. Mm-hmm. And so at that point. I went back to all of my negative coping, and for mm-hmm. me, that was restricting. Mm-hmm. And I knew as a nurse, because, okay, so nurses are really bad patients, but that's another mm-hmm. story for another mm-hmm. day. So I knew that that was, <laughs> that that was bad, yeah. um, and it was a form of anorexia, mm-hmm. and I needed to see someone. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking and scrolling, like, trying to find a counselor. So this right here is me figuring out I need to talk to somebody. And then me going through the actual process of finding somebody. And um, that's um, in and of itself can be very intimidating, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. I did find someone and um, we didn't mesh. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was only because um, I had been to a meeting and there's a group called Black Nurses Rock. I was at a meeting and so I started my shirt on when I came to count to my session. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, well, what if a white woman had on a white Nurses Rock shirt? And that immediately put the wall up between us. It was the beginning of the session. The mm-hmm. hour didn't go well. Yeah, I, I bet. It just didn't. And and when I left, I left knowing that I was going to have to find somebody that was at least mm-hmm. culturally competent. Mm-hmm. So now, mm-hmm. just the the um, the challenge of finding somebody to talk to, actually telling them over the phone or however, this is why I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Making sure they take your insurance, because that's a whole different that's a whole, thing. Yeah. Right? Getting yeah. their referrals or whatever it is you need to do on mm-hmm. top of, now I have to find someone that's culturally competent to. Yeah, adding in another layer. If you're not that invested in trying to figure out finding someone, you're just going to give up. Yeah. And be like, you know what? Yeah. Forget it. I'm just going to deal with this on my own. Right. So those are a lot of challenges that I had up until that point. Well, I did wind up finally finding someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a counselor of color. Mm-hmm. But I just really wanted somebody that was culturally, culturally competent, competent. But I figured, right. you know, yeah. that if she was a person of color, she might, yeah, you know, she might get, get it. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> that was the assumption. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how I wound up where I was. And, um, and you do start out, you know, with the whole explaining what's going on with your life. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, okay, well... Um, you see me every week, so you see her every week. And, and people don't realize, too, that that changes yep. all the time. Like, you now we only see each other every other week, you mm-hmm. know? And it doesn't have to be there's something bad every exactly. single time I talk to her. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? This week was dope. And she's mm-hmm. like, really? Tell, Tell me, me about why. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part of having someone that's outside of your family, mm-hmm. outside of your friends, and people that know you on a day-to-day basis is that they can really give you mm-hmm. an outsider's view mm-hmm. of what it is that you need to do to do yeah. to do better yeah. or to, continue, or to doing, continue doing well. Going on the trajectory yeah. that you're on. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I think, I mean, that's probably been the best part of it. Yeah. Well, and that's one of my favorite things about being a therapist is, like, getting to be that person who gets to see a genuine um, expression of excitement when that week goes really well mm-hmm. and that that person can recognize that my excitement is just as genuine because I only get to know what you tell me oh, and so yeah. if you walk in and you're like this week was amazing I'm like oh great like I need that <laughs> you know and so yeah, right. I want us to then say okay like this is the first time maybe you've come in and said that your week's amazing we need to process that we yes. can't glaze over it nope. let's see what went well right. and why do you think it went exactly well? and that's a way different approach than and even though I'm a therapist in my regular life as a friend 
you know, my friend's like, yeah, and this happened. I'm like, oh, tell me about that. And then I'm like, well, let me tell you about what happened to me. You know, because yeah. it's different versus right. in, you know, my my role. I, I have nothing else to go off except this person who's like grinning from ear to ear for the first time in three months um, based on maybe either some changes we've been trying to get them to do for those three months mm-hmm. and they finally did it um, or a decision they had to make and it went well. Like, you know, those are... You can't really replicate that. Um, And that's why, like, all the things you hit on, the fit, it being somebody who you know, like, gets you. You don't have to answer, like, crazy questions that have nothing to do with your hair. There, Yes. Oh, my God. I'm like, why are we talking about my hair? Yeah, what does that have this to do with nothing anything? to do with, you know, yeah, me trying happening? to figure out what I, all the things I lost. Exactly. To figure and out how what do I, I, like, process that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I don't get this fixed, I won't have any hair. Like, right. you know, it's going to fall out. This is a four. So, yeah, it definitely matters. And I think it is important to the message of, like, knowing that for us as helping professionals, we, too, need that support that was a huge challenge for me yeah. so in after getting you know mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. counseling then i wanted to be secret right mm-hmm. yeah then you can't tell people, anybody <laughs> then what will they think if i tell people that i have an issue of body image that i have terrible coping mechanisms mm-hmm. around that mm-hmm. that i have to see someone to make sure i don't fall back into those habits um what will they think of me as a nurse? Will they will they think that I'm not competent? Will mm-hmm. they think that, well, why is she telling me? Because she came in. You know, that's what I thought. Right. And I think that's just, that was my own perception of me putting that back on myself. Because mm-hmm. that, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, when people say, you know, they, they tell me and I get into, you know, well, I think you mm-hmm. might need to talk with somebody. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I was like, well, I talked to somebody. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the transparency is yeah. like, they're like, Oh, you really? do? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I yeah. do. You mm-hmm. know, and um, and to be able to pull down, I mean, immediately that yeah. wall goes down. Yeah. They see me as an actual person, first mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you're not just someone that's going to run in here and try to pop me a pill. Yeah. You care. Yeah. You know, and yeah. not only do you care, but you are open enough to go ahead and explain to me that mm-hmm. this is something that normal people do. To like, every it doesn't make day. you abnormal to mm-hmm. go see and talk to somebody that's actually a normal thing to do. We should go talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's not, you're, you're not meant to sit around and not. No. And just never get the support that you need and nah. sort of suffer yeah. endlessly. You know, if people say that's life, yeah. you know, when bad things happen, like that's life. I'm like, no, it's no, not. No, life <laughs> does not have to be like that. We have a choice. We have free will. Thank like you. that's why this works You can this choose way. happy. Yeah. Please choose happy. Yeah, let's go choose happy. Right. And figure <laughs> out who's the person to help right. get you there. So I love that. So that was perfect because you hit on exactly if I was going to, you know, let you to the extent that you wanted to share, like your use of mental health services and what goes right with it, what goes wrong, what do you like about it. So that was perfect. So now just share with us, like, because you have developed um, a great sort of clinical experience around mental health and mm-hmm. now are in a better place for yourself. What do you do to, like, keep that going? What's your self-care like? What's your, you know, happy place? I, okay, first of all, my happy place is the beach. I'm gonna put that oh, out there. Me too. Why don't we the have waves it here? and sand and like, shh, silly Louisiana? I know. <laughs> no beaches. No beaches. Um, <laughs> but um, my self care routine um, has evolved, and I think mm-hmm. people need to understand too that that you know will happen as well. And don't think that you're a failure because you can't stick to something because yeah. those things change. Yeah. Um. So when um, along, I guess I feel like it was a long time ago, but when I was in nursing school. 
I used to go every, um, at the beginning of the semester, at midterm and final, I would get a massage. Mm -hmm. And um, we were afforded to be able to do this, so, mm -hmm. so I would go. Yeah. And um, people, um, and I was at it on HBCU campus, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. people that look like us, mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, you're bougie. And um, everybody ain't able. And because of the perception that I felt like I was, mm -hmm. I stopped going. Can you believe really? that? I stopped. And so when um, so fast forward to when I started seeing my, my counselor that I have now, she goes, well, what do you do? Like, mm -hmm. what would you like to be able to do for yourself? And I was like, I don't know. Nothing. I was like, you know. And she was like, no, really. Like, what would you, would like, you like to do? do? Yeah. And I was like, well, I would like to get out more. And she was like, and? And I was like, I think I would like to start getting massages and facials again. And she goes, well, because you guys are so good at this. Your homework assignment is to go get a massage. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we are good at giving homework. What? And like, and so I'm the perfectionist person. I'm like, I have to do this assignment. I was so right. stressed out. Yeah, because you're so like, stressed. I cannot go back and like, tell her I did right, not do this. that I didn't go this. get a massage. You're like perfect clients. I wish I had more like that. So, <laughs> you know, my life is so weird and convoluted. So I'm like, fine, I have to. So I'm like calling literally. I'm like, I need mm -hmm. an appointment for a massage. I'm like, what do you want? Deep tissue? You want relaxation? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just need a massage. Yeah, I have to be like, whatever. So I can go back to my counselor and tell her I did this. <laughs> and I was so happy I went um, that, like, literally, I, this is something that I do at least once a month. Yeah. And actually, I had a facial today earlier as well. Oh, my makeup. And I, you know, I try to keep up with that so mm -hmm. that's my thing of course mm -hmm. yoga um is one of the things that i um that i absolutely love yes. doing yes planning the events and mm -hmm. getting i it sounds no it sounds weird that it's my self-care that i plan the events for other people in the community and i think that's okay but yeah. i just love the fact that i'm able to introduce something healthy to them mm -hmm. and it's not that i just want everybody to do yoga because that'd be silly but it's all the other things like when yeah. you when you come even if you never come back you're like you know what i i liked it but i like pilates more i like walking mm -hmm. more or mm -hmm. i'm gonna start juicing now because i had juice at one of your events mm -hmm. or whatever healthy thing it leads you to yeah wherever it gets you yeah it makes my job more fulfilling yeah and it makes so it's part of my self-care because i know that as a nurse i'm able to make this influence on people and it makes my job more fulfilling because mm -hmm. i don't know if you know but the healthcare feels a little wonky right now. Mm -hmm, it needs mm -hmm. a lot of improvement. Yes. So to be able to know that I'm making an actual um, difference with yeah. my nursing degree yeah. and not just out there just, you know, pushing pills and make, yeah. you know, signing paperwork, signing paperwork. makes me yeah. feel better yeah. about the decision that I need to become a nurse. So yeah. that's part of my self-care, too. It's just taking care of, like, really for real, yeah. taking care of, <laughs> of like other, other people. people. Right. One, I think it fits really well with what you mentioned earlier about that sort of power of one yes. being you know the one person um who then it ends up being you touch multiple people but being that one person that makes a decision to say not only you know am I going to utilize my career to impact folks but also to you know impact communities and to create awareness and to bring information um and what they do with that to let them do what they will with Please it. Please go do what you will with yeah. it. Like, that's what people are like, do you have normal, like, you know, weekly classes? And I don't. I have mm -hmm. um, pop-up events on purpose, mm -hmm. mainly because I would like for people to take whatever they got and out of this go find their and find thing. their space. Um, and, oh, and I think we all know, too, that, you know, Yoga Noir is 
by definition yoga for black mm-hmm. people or mm-hmm. for people of color mm-hmm. that's our target audience mm-hmm. because, oh, we're going to talk more about it don't okay. <laughs> we'll, like, we'll don't just, you worry let's move forward with that but yes so I just yeah. wanted to put that out there yeah and it's just being able to really you know impact communities that not necessarily that other ones don't but just that also impact you because of your own identity and um, yeah. I think that's why I started Small Talk that's why I started the Emerald Couch Podcast and uh, I hope yeah. that any and everybody feels welcome but I also recognize that because of all of those barriers we've been talking about the mm-hmm. last 30 minutes like I know that there's still work to be done specific around certain populations and yeah. so being able to be that one person that just decides instead of People you know. need to feel um, invited almost. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. that you're trying to pull them in, but if the invitation isn't there, or you feel like the invitation. I know that, you know, when you're just looking for counseling, yeah. that I didn't feel like it was something that, um, that you know, the stigma was really heavy, it, yeah. even with being a nurse and knowing that yeah. it's something that I should do. Yeah. Um, my family was like, what do you need to go talk what to somebody for? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you should just go to church more. Or, mm-hmm. You know, and kind of that kind of thing. And I, I just, you know, but I knew. Yeah, you knew what you needed. Yes, and I think people need to follow that voice more. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you really do know. Like, you, mm-hmm. nobody knows you like you. Right, you're with you all day. That's what I tell yeah. clients all the time. Like, you're the you only person that's with you 24-7. And that knows your heart, knows your mind, knows your body. Yeah. And if you can, at any small part, listen to that, it will supersede. That little voice will supersede anybody oh, else's that opinion. Stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, this is so fun. I'm so excited that we got to at least talk about that. I do hope that people listening from, you know, both sides kind of, I don't want to call it a picket line, but sometimes it feels like it. It feels like um, it. You know, on the medical side and the mental health side, recognize and understand that it is our duty. So from a clinical perspective to close that gap and then for our clients on both sides to know that you have two sets of trusted health professionals that want to make you whole and it's our goal to do that i am like the queen of referrals i'm like you need to talk to somebody click 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 click. i just start typing away yeah yeah please i'm like yeah yeah i will refer you yeah which is and that's what's needed and the same thing you know one of the questions i always ask a new client during their initial consultation is when's the last time you had a physical like when have you gone to the doctor last like that's built into my form and that's on purpose so that we can because we can't I can't really address some things if I don't know that you're also going to be sitting here one day and pass out on me because of some unmet health need that like you know you just didn't think was important and so um that's usually a, a, a if the person has not a big homework assignment for me and like we do like to give homework. A primary care yeah and i will and i'm like hey here's a list of mm-hmm. people that i would recommend in the area ask them if they have any preferences like based on gender or you know specialty or whatever um and i'm like choose from this list you know get an appointment and at least just go through that process and yeah if you don't you don't stick with them that's great I mean it's not great but it's great that you went you went um yeah. and then being able to you know say okay well at least I got my blood work done and know where I am for a year because you're supposed to go at least right. once a year minimum um I sometimes probably am like a hypochondriac to my doctor I'm like hey my nose okay, hurts that's why they're there. my ear hurts that's <laughs> why they're there go for everything I'm just going I'm like it's better it's almost better to walk away and they're like there's nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. than you not to go and something exactly. wrong with you so. exactly so we hope that those of you who are listening feel 
much more confident in being able to recognize that you can have sort of both parts of your your medical world can come together and and support one another. They don't have to be separate. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those of you who are clinicians on both sides, nurses, doctors, um, mental health practitioners of any kind, psychologists, LPC, social work, whatever, to feel okay also knowing that, you know, your client's physical health plays a part in how well they're going to do with you in therapy. And so... um, Small conversation, we know, but yet hopefully one that leaves some thoughts on folks' minds. So so this right here will be maybe a good spot. We'll take a quick, quick break, and then we'll be back with all of our signature segments. Hey, Emerald Couch listeners, we are back from our break. And so we're going to kick off our second half of the show, which is where we cover all of our signature segments. Um, and so first up is our pop psych moment of the week. So every week I try to um, sometimes scour the internet, like people say, um, <laughs> to find relevant things that have to do with mental health, but also sort of that overlap of like pop culture um, to bridge the gap between pop culture and psychology so that's why we call our pop psych moment of the week so this week um what has been across headlines and i was probably a little bit later to finding out about this because i'm not a follower of this person's like music or anything i just know her from seeing her on tv um is demi lovato's recent overdose Um, And so, of course, when I first started reading, there were all these like stories, misconceptions around what she actually overdosed on. And um, I thought that was interesting in itself Mm -hmm. that people just kind of like picked a drug of choice, um, which was completely inaccurate. So um, and Nikki's going to help us talk about this. So originally, I think people were saying that it was a heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. She was at a party, I think, at her home, which I think that part of it was true. Um, And then later was discovered to be cocaine. Just as dangerous, doesn't really matter which one it was, um, but recognizing that um, different labels came about as a result of which kind of drug it was. And um, the point that I really want to point out is, you know, how the messaging, and I think this always happens when I end up using um, a celebrity uh, story. So the same thing when I talked about... um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain's suicide and how people will sort of pick apart the why and start to blame the person and really just get into like nuances around this person's struggle um, that really just don't help the cause. And we talked today about how social media and pop culture play a huge role in how we might think about seeking mental health services. And so the same thing applies with seeking support maybe for a substance concern or um, a drug issue in general and, and talking about that and being open to talking about it. And so um, what I do know is Demi Lovato's also been a advocate, and that's probably what I know most about her, of positive body image because yes. of her struggles with weight and just the... the, the um, Always being on. Over, yeah, like having to be like in the spotlight in a way that makes that would make most normal people uncomfortable and then to have to be picked apart in like the comment section of every single article. Um, and on social media, it's crazy. So I thought that, you know, obviously people's rude comments as I like read through some of them 
just ridiculous. Um, and a lot of it is based on, you know, a lack of knowledge and just not understanding how um, substance abuse really works or how addiction really works. And mm -hmm. um, not being willing instead to do the research, which we talked a lot about today, to even understand it before judging and before um, really labeling that person as something that they're not. Mm. And on the flip side, the other thing that I also noticed is, um, and I think you all know I don't shy away from talking about cultural concerns on this show, but the difference in, so there was a huge amount, a wave of support, which I think was wonderful, particularly from a lot of celebrities from a lot of different backgrounds and cultures and music genres and entertainment genres. So, you know, movies, music, whatever. Um, which is wonderful because that does what we want to do through this show, which is to erase stigma and say, like, it's okay and to offer support. Mm -hmm. um, what was different was the disparity that I saw between this, like, communal outpouring of support for Demi Lovato this past week. And over the course of the last six years or so, we lost Whitney Houston in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and we could go well beyond that. But yes. just in thinking more recent, you see... You didn't see that same level of like respect for the concern and support um, for folks like Whitney Houston, who is like, for me, dream artist. Like there are three and she is one of them. Um, and the other one is gone as well. And we could talk about Michael Jackson and sort of like, you know, while his was not the traditional death around substance use, he was very much relying on this drug to sleep. Impossible. And exactly. And so that, um, for me, yeah. it, it was interesting. And then you take folks that are often, um, how do I, marginalized, good word, good. Um, <laughs> to because of you know their identities so particularly when we start thinking about black males and so the first person that came to mind and that some other articles articles pointed out were like lamar odom um and sort of his like public very public um experience with drug use and you know the falling apart of his marriage to chloe kardashian and losing his career in the nba much sooner than he would have and and sort of all these things that played a huge role in how um, people treated him and I just thought that was it was pretty interesting because again I'm not a huge follower of Demi Lovato besides what I just know about what's out there in general and then being able to connect that and see the difference in the messaging huge disparity, huge disparity. so Nikki what do you think about that like what are some of your thoughts in general for our pop psych moment um well around the disparity especially um, what goes all the way back to what we were talking about with image and what mm -hmm. um, people see in the media and how they determine whether or not it's okay to talk about something and stigma. Mm -hmm. So if it looks like every time a person of color um, is treated this way mm -hmm. when they come out about mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. and they're a celebrity and we're not celebrities, yeah, we're so, just normal yeah. people. <laughs> so what do you, how do you think that's going to play out in your own life? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's almost like it's more acceptable yeah. for other people to look, who look, don't look like us to yeah. be able to go out and say, I have this problem. And then there's mm -hmm. going to be this outpouring of support, support around that. Yeah. And, um, or if, you know, 
like you said, Anthony Bourdain, you hate to compare, mm-hmm. right? But because a loss is a loss, and you, I hate to, you know for that to have happened. Mm-hmm. But for them to look at this, you know, particular situation mm-hmm. as, oh, what happened, and mm-hmm. and then for Winnie Houston, you know, well, she was a drug addict, and blah, yeah, blah, blah, you know, yeah. and she was going, yeah, and, and to, or to she just didn't care ahead. enough about getting well, right? And like, yeah, and to toss her in the corner, and that's yeah. not fair, yeah, um, because then, like I said, you know for us mm-hmm. you know it's like As well if they're people yeah a normal everyday person walking mm-hmm. the street um to be able to say hey you know what i need some assistance i need help mm-hmm. how does that look to yeah. other people yeah. is part of the reason why the stigma the yep. reason why we will not speak up mm-hmm. um it's, it really makes a difference yeah um so you know i don't know what kind of work needs to be done around um, necessarily fixing that situation because you know I, I'm not a celebrity, but <laughs> whatever that is in their community that mm-hmm. they need to work out mm-hmm. to where they do a better job of supporting whoever. Yeah, yeah you rally around issue. everyone. Thank you. Everyone uh-huh. deserves that. You mm-hmm. know, it, um, it's unfortunate anytime mm-hmm. someone has an issue with mm-hmm. addiction, mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real thing. It's right. not um, at some point. It's not a choice. Yeah, you know, it might have been initially yeah. to that one time to start. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was you decided to take, mm-hmm. but at some point it doesn't. Yeah, it becomes its, its own monster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, we definitely need to be more um, cognizant of that. Yeah. And be more um, gentle with people mm-hmm. um, with addictions and stop treating them as if they're just monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Or people definitely. that don't care about themselves. Right. That don't care about themselves. Exactly. I think you know, just for those of you out there who are listening, to really. You know, consider what your language is like around folks with addictions. And even if you're not knowledgeable about it, to then either gain that knowledge or, you know, be more willing to seek out understanding, um, even if it's from that person who's struggling, hear their heart around like the suffering of it um, to be able to have a better understanding so that your support can actually be more beneficial to them versus it becoming a part of like, a showcasing of mm-hmm. what's wrong um, and I think obviously I always like to address that from both sides so from listeners who are um, potential clients or people who can kind of bridge the gap or be the middleman around helping people get support and then those of you who are clinicians to really think about you know um, one of my professors would always say like no one likes to do substance abuse counseling and addictions work because it's hard oh, yeah. it really is um, and because of, you know, state of the world or the U.S., I'll say, there's not a lot of funding in it. So, you don't you don't make a lot working in it, but it's really hard and trying work. Um, but to really figure out, you know, for those of you who maybe are still in school and you're just trying to, like, really think about how can you be most useful or where can you make the biggest impact, to really think about um, including addictions work in your study. So I'm not saying you have to just go and be... Um, a substance abuse counselor, but to really be open to that. So if you have a private practice or if you're thinking about um, what's going to be your job after school, to really say that you can at least get that experience so that the day you do have a client that's maybe coming in to talk about their marriage or to talk about, you know, something else, um, that you will have at least the, the wherewithal to understand that addiction also is sometimes an underlying issue um, that needs to be addressed and, mm-hmm. and being able to not get fearful about it because, yeah, it can be heavy work, but it definitely isn't something that um, you have to be afraid of because if you're afraid of it, then how do you expect your client to get well? So 
Um, definitely, like Nicole pointed out, you know, a sad case for anybody, um, but one that we sort of can't take too lightly. We have to really think about some of those comparisons that we see when it comes to how the outreach and the support really looks based on who the person is and yeah. be more sensitive to that. So. Right. So that's this week's Pop Psych Moment. If you haven't heard much about this story at all in your life, who are those people that they're talking about? Google it. Um, and really just take a look and really see, you know, what's out there, what's being said, and how, imagine what that might be like for a regular person to sort of have that same level of scrutiny um, based on an issue that really is quite serious. Um, so our last segment of the show um, is our Small Talk Bookshelf. And so again, this is where I usually share any of my faves around, whether it's this particular topic or just in general what I'm like currently reading. And so this week, we're kind of going to have a small talk. It's a bookshelf, but it's a, more of a calendar because I want people to be able to like talk about um, or think about what their... Um, Next move will be, now that we've had this time with Nicole to really talk about, you know, how can we bridge that gap between sort of our physical and mental wellness and being able to really start to think about um, how to get out of the box a little bit of just assuming that, okay, I went to my doctor's appointment and I went to go see my therapist this week, so I'm good. And that's great. If you do feel great, great. But there are other ways that you don't have to feel, um, you don't have to feel a limit to taking care of yourself when it comes to wellness. And so um, I really want to give her the opportunity to kind of just talk more. We've we've like thrown out all these names <laughs> of like Yoga Noir and Are You Okay? And all these different things that she has going on. And kind of, I want her to talk about just kind of what Nikki Scott Inc. is, some of the initiatives, what that looks like. And I know I usually give you all like um, either printed or digital literature to like think about uh, based on the topic, but I don't know if I could have had a better way to shape this into our <laughs> bookshelf moment um, than having her here to get to talk about it. And then obviously um, in the show notes, you'll find like links to her website where you can get more information of how maybe if you're interested in any of the initiatives that she mentions, how to get involved and just learn, learn more about it. So our small talk bookshelf is really not a book. It's a person. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, so Nikki Scott Inc. is a community service um, um, project firm. Basically, we um, and I say we, but it's really me. But mm -hmm. I work with other people in collaboration. Mm -hmm. So, um, we um, put together projects for the community. Basically, it's just mm -hmm. one of it: mm -hmm. servant leadership straight across the board. Um, and so our first project was the Yoga Noir project, mm -hmm. um, which is created for um, people of color, and it creates spaces for people of color to explore yoga. And this is my tagline, I finally got it together, <laughs> to explore yoga on their path to wellness. Um, and so, you know, whether it's mental health, well, health mm -hmm. mental wellness, mm -hmm. or it's physical wellness, mm -hmm. whatever wellness is mm -hmm. that for them at that moment, but to have that as a foundation then to move forward. Yeah. Um, and so we have um, that project. It is taken off. It is blooming and it's beautiful. It's amazing, you guys. I absolutely like. adore it. Mm -hmm. it, um, it is so refreshing and it's not that you just want to only practice with people of color because that's mm -hmm. not the point mm -hmm. but it is really refreshing to be able to 
shared that one spiritual moment with a, a, a group of people that look like you. And yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. Um. So especially when the social norm is is um it's not it's yeah. not that right. Yeah. So you know even now I mean there's a lot more people of color in yoga now than there was when I started. Um, but um, even now, if you put in hashtag yoga and scroll, 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 you're going to see um, mm-hmm. white women, um, blonde, skinny, very flexible, mm-hmm. not, you know, even curvy. Like, even for um, white women, they're mm-hmm. having trouble finding women that are curvier right. or that just don't look like, yeah, you know, the, the typical, normal aesthetic. Yeah, yeah so um, even even there, you know, you have some of that. But um, so we're really excited about that. Yeah. We have so many, just so many fun ideas and I things know. coming up. So. Well, and so much variety. So, like, I've seen, like, kind of the couples yoga is nice. That was fun. I've seen, like, the yoga for kids. We had that coming up. It's we had so, a paint pose yes, where we paint painted first and then we did yoga. Like, it's just so many ways, um, you know, like we've talked about to, on today's episode, just being able to find unique ways to bring um, wellness topics to the forefront um, that don't typically, you know, make people shy away from them because maybe they're coupled with this idea like, okay, I get to go with my boo, so I'm going to go to yoga. But that was actually our way huh? <laughs> <laughs> of getting the men to come because we tried to get the men to come before. Um, there's a huge thing around yoga's for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, and definitely mm-hmm. not for black people, so it's not for black men, right? Yeah. Period, right? right? So they're just excluded. Yeah. So I was like, well, how can we get them in here? Oh, we'll just make their <laughs> make their wives bring them. We'll just so, make it a couple's yeah. night. Yeah. And, and make it a couple's night and then um and of course they left thinking, Okay, so when's your next you know, yeah. event? So that was really cool because yeah. we got the, the men to the guys come to come. In. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a like you said, different approach than you know, trying to like beat it over their head of like, Come right. to yoga, you'll feel better you know, yeah. instead of just saying like, Well just come, you know, with your wife and or that come was with your other. It was a um, it was rooted around communication. Mm-hmm. So you actually had and you when you when you partner and... with someone you have to say, That's too much, that's not enough mm-hmm. you know, and you have to actually yeah. speak to each other. Yeah. Which a which lot of times don't these do days we don't anymore. <laughs> yeah, because you have your phone out and you're like mm-hmm. scrolling and you watch yeah. the TV, you're not talking to each other, so you actually had to talk to each other. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. So, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, what other things? So I also have, um, we're working on, as you alluded to earlier, was the Are You Okay Initiative, mm-hmm. which is a youth-led mental health advocacy um, that we will hopefully um, launch mm-hmm. fully in 2020. We're mm-hmm. doing all the legwork and groundwork now. Um, and basically what we will be in that aspect is mentors for students that are in middle school high school who mm-hmm. want to start their own advocacy and um around mental health and um but it'll be propelled by them yeah. and whatever it is that they need to make it successful then we will be able to give them that guidance for mm-hmm. um to have a clinician right. um in that area because that's just not something that they have too much of yeah they don't have access really to right. folks like that and and i know we've said it already like a thousand times probably on the show today but like representation really makes a big difference yeah. and um, you know, getting to see a, people. A black nurse and a black, you know, counselor yeah. to actually walk in and say, we care about y'all yeah. and we want and you want guys to, help to be able to figure this out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference. So I'm super excited about that because I do think that there aren't a ton of um, initiatives and resources, particularly for that age group. Middle school and high school is so hard. Um, there's just so much that kids experience during that time. Yes. Um, and it's way 
I'm going to go out there and say it's way different than when we were in middle and high school, even though there were challenges, but it's just... It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Like, the level of exposure is just, it's way out there. And so getting to do something that will put them at ease, but also be very informative is something that I'm super, super excited about. I think people, when you have um, information, when you're armed with information, you you can do so much better. Yeah, it disarms them. They're like, okay, all right, tell me more, you know. So anything else? Any other things people should add to their small talk bookshelf? Um, yes. So I will be working on um, a, a presentation of sorts to be able to do more public speaking because I don't do it nearly enough and I need to. Um, and so typically if you have something prepared, you'll probably be more likely yep. to use it. <laughs> so um, I'm working on what I call the body talk. Um, and so this particular presentation will be about body positivity, um, eating disorders in the African-American community. Because it's a real thing. It actually exists. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then ways um, for coping, you know. And so, of course, then that will bring back yeah. in the yoga and the yep. other ways and to all those things. Yeah, so it all blends together. It'll all pull it back in. But, I love it. So that's, that's my... Uh, Baby. Yeah, so, you got a lot of babies. I do. It's I exciting, can, though. I'm excited because it finally all, even though they're all, you know, in different, um, mm-hmm. and then the whole mentorship program mm-hmm. I think we talked about mm-hmm. as well um, for nursing students. They're separate yeah. audiences, yeah. but they all they blend blend together, mm-hmm. and all of those different things can work together. With the mentorship works with yoga, and the body positivity works with the kids at the yeah. school, and like, yeah. so they all kind of blend fits. together. And yeah. um, so I'm really excited about this and making it. Yeah. And, uh, I'm yeah. excited too. See, do I see why she's my favorite Baton Rouge nurse? Like, <laughs> I mean, what person you know decides to dedicate their career? Um, to making sure that not only, you know, are her patients that she might see on a daily basis as well, but, like, her community as well. And that is really what matters in trying to make that larger impact of, like, changing our world when it comes to wellness. So. you got to remember that, and this is for any nurse or whoever's out there mm-hmm. listening as a clinician, that your patient, your client, they came from the community, and when they're done with you, they're going to go, go back. back to the community. Yeah. So you got to fix the community. It's very important. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's a good concept to have. Yep. I hope y'all are listening. Nurses, therapists, y'all. yeah. <laughs> Fix show community. Um, <laughs> so definitely check out Nikki Scott Inc. Um, like I said, you will see a link in the show notes of how to just kind of find more about her, but also kind of some of those initiatives that she just talked about in case you're just interested in seeing when the next event will be or um, just wanting to know more or connect with her. So um, that will be available. And so we have reached the end of the show. We did it. But we also said this would be like 45 minutes and it's been like an hour. So yeah, I, I mean, see that. It's pretty, eh. it's pretty good. That means we have stuff to talk about. That's right. So we, you know, we live it's for that. It's always fun talking. It's okay. <laughs> um, so this week, folks, we didn't have any Ask Dr. LP questions, which is okay because I think we probably dropped a lot on y'all <laughs> to think about. Um, but if you do have questions, whether it's for myself or for Nikki, please make sure that you head to the website, www.smalltalkcounseling.com, um, and click on the Ask Dr. LP tab where you can submit your question anonymously if you would like, um, and we will answer it for you on the show during the next show. And so even if Nikki's not here during the next show, I will send her the question so that I can read her response Absolutely. to you. So if you have um, nursing questions or questions around like community organizing and initiatives please feel free to send those and I promise I will get them to her scouts honor 
Um, which even though I never was a Girl Scout, but you know, um, I just I quit after one time. <laughs> um, so, so no questions this week. Make sure you submit them through website, social media, whatever. So, this brings us to the end of our show. I definitely want to thank my very 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 special guest thank you for having me of course and I'm, I'm so excited that we got to tackle this topic because i don't think there are a lot of people talking about that i think we ignore that there's a gap i think we just assume like yeah yeah, yeah they tell them about therapy and yeah yeah they tell them to go to the doctor no. um and that's not really happening and then the specifics even we got into some you know talks about in our own communities ethnic communities what differences we might see and so just getting to put that out there so i do hope that those of you who are listening um, have learned something and, and definitely um, show our guests some love and that maybe we, those of you who are Baton Rouge folks that we see you at an event soon, which would be really great to yes. put that into practice. Yes, um, so we have some really great topics coming up for the month of August. So our convo with Nicole is kicking off our new month for us. So I'm excited about that. Um, everything from some reappearances of some favorite guests so, um, and Nikki's a fan of the show, so she might be pretty excited even about this. So two of, of guests that were on here, if I haven't had a ton, so you can probably start to eliminate, um, but two of them will be back on the show to talk about some really good topics. Um, and I think the last time Nicole and I were together in person at another event about mental health, we talked about the topic of love and relationships needing to be on the show. So that oh, is coming for August. Um, and we'll be with one of my favorite guests. And then I think who's also going to be a person that's going to become a new favorite guest. It's going to be three of us. I'll do my first kind of group interview, which I think is going to be fun. Um, and then I'll, I'll save, I won't spoil the other guest is like the person that everybody's been like in love with since she, and I'll give you a little hint, first appeared on the show back earlier episodes. So um, lots of things coming up for August. So make sure you keep tuning in. If you haven't already, like our pages, follow us, subscribe, um, make sure you rate the podcast if you listen through Apple Podcasts or if you are on SoundCloud that you like or re, um, repost so that we know and follow us on SoundCloud as well so that you get notifications. And we will just plan to see and chat with you guys in a week. So thanks for joining us again on the Emerald Couch. Bye. Bye. Bye.